I like how in the last podcast you did a good job of uh, making so you couldn't hear me hum along with it. Made me sad because hmm. I was like, <laughs> that may not have been intentional. It was subliminal. You're like, I'm probably, so sick, yeah. <laughs> so sick and tired of hearing this guy's effing voice. Because I was like, what is going on? Why does the song sound off? And then I realized, oh, yeah. I'm I was wrong. like whistling along with it or something. I probably would have cut it out if I didn't like it, though. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> is what it is. Is what it is. I'm still humming. It's really cool. This is such a catchy tune. It's been how long? And I still love it. But for you that are listening to us, it's once again time for the Lighthouse IT Solution Podcast. Joined, um, as always, with Griff. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I did that. (laughs) I did that. Uh, I should be a DJ in my other life. (laughs) Maybe not. No, never mind. I don't have the timing. You were, though. I was, yeah, for weddings, though. It doesn't really count. No? Wedding DJs don't really. Uh, you never wiki wiki scratched yeah, or no, anything like that? You can't do any of that, yeah. I, I can, imagine being the, the DJ who plays music for the ceremony. No. Yeah. No, it's because you know what? stressful things in my life. Let me. Can I ask you a question? Um, because this is really important for cybersecurity. What was your least favorite song to play? Like, what was the one that you you loathed whenever um, somebody... I really don't like uh, the line dancing stuff. You know, cha-cha slide, things like that. Those are not... They're great for, like, getting people on the floor and stuff like that. But, man, they just... They, they're, like, nine minutes long and <laughs> just no fun. So is that the song you'd flip on and then go to the bathroom? Oh, yeah. You could do, you just leave, yeah. 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 It's kind of like... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what was it? The uh, radio DJs back in... Whatever year that was, they play Anna uh, was Anagata Devita or whatever. Oh man, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you like you throw that a song on because it's a just le- leave, yeah. <laughs> you just what, eleven minutes long. You're like, man. It was either that or Ice Ice Baby. Um, I only say that because that would, that's usually the transition song. So there's there's always a few songs that you play at weddings. Journey, for instance, um, don't stop at eleven. Is, the, o'clock. is always the end. Yeah, yeah, um, but. Ice Ice Baby's the transition between like kind of fun like dance music to like dance music. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was the- yeah. Uh, so that one's always you- the most uncomfortable because like you know grandmas start leaving and like. <laughs> It'd be great if like you you played like a a, a hacked up version of Under Pressure. Oh, Some yeah. people who went to several weddings that you were at, they'd be like, "All right, it's time to party," and then it's like. It's Queen. <laughs> and then Grandma gets on the dance floor. That's a joke to an interview that that guy, that Vanilla Ice did. Oh, did he really? Explaining the difference between the two oh, songs God. and how they were completely different. But all he did was add the dun dun. It's completely different. That's ridiculous. That's worth a YouTube for anybody out there. I'll put it in the link. <laughs> That'll be in the show notes. Yeah, show notes. You know, it'll also be in the show notes. What's Something that? Uh, that we kind of have to talk about from last podcast that uh, some news that came out right 
after we recorded, but before we posted. Yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, one of the bigger stories we had was that OnlyFans was going to ban any sexually explicit content. Well, guess what? And, that's not true anymore. <laughs> and we talked a lot about that. Yeah. Like, that was that was probably a good solid 10-minute conversation. <clears throat> well, because, you know. We, was, we were so blown away by that. Yeah, big deal. We were curious whether or not it was the banks kind of going after them or what. Um, we heard, heard a lot about MasterCard and I guess their change of rules matched up with the OnlyFans change, which is October 1st. So everyone's like blaming MasterCard and stuff. But yeah, it turns out OnlyFans just was like, oh, that was our decision. We're just going to we're just gonna revert back. It seems like we got a lot of backlash here. So uh, yeah, we'll just kind of <laughs> undo all that. <laughs> no no more rebranding. Yeah. And and meanwhile, um, we, we, went, uh, we went to podcast looking like we were dumb, um, yeah. which is the lighthouse way. That's yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not the first one, not the last one. <laughs> it well, but it it was one that and and to be honest, we thought it was pretty safe to have the conversation about because it had been a week. Yeah. That was one of those things where there had I been didn't multiple wanna, uh, announcements on different things, yeah. And I didn't really want to talk about it at first because I thought there's no way this is going to stick around. But mm-hmm. after a few days, it felt like no, they're they're digging their heels in. Yeah. Uh and then yeah, of course by the time we go to chat about it, Mm-hmm. Because we feel comfortable that it's sticking around, uh, they reverse decision. That was cool. The but, reverse that their, their official announcement is worded a little special, though. They they said specifically we have suspended uh, the plans to, for the policy change October first. So suspend might mean that they are going to do it later, but probably not. It's probably going to be the same. <laughs> There's a lot of backlash, so there really was. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think we, we talked a little bit about it. it. It wasn't, you don't have to subscribe to those content yeah, no. creators. It's a you bunch know, of other people. I think one of the biggest people on there, um, weirdly enough, is actually not. Uh, I did some research and I found, I think it was Cardi B. And I know she's a little explicit, but I don't think there's anything, you know. I don't want to give her money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> so, oh, oh, well. 180, man. Complete 180. Complete 180. Around. And they waited for us to record and make a big deal about yeah. it. I'm. Curious though, because that uh, that founder, what's his name, uh, Tim Stokely or something, he's he's a part of HubSpot's inbound. So curious. Oh, to that's see right. What his, which is in October, I think. So curious to see. Why what is that be. so late this year? It's usually this week. It's it's October. I think it's probably because they're doing a hybrid. Because they always do it right around Labor Day, right? In, in the past two years. Yeah, I guess they had. Yeah. yeah. And so for you know we're having this side conversation, but HubSpot is one of those products that we use for in your area inbound marketing for doing inbound inbound marketing and managing, working with clients to grow their businesses, and we're a partner with them, and they usually do this really cool and great uh, convention and conference. Oprah's going this year, which you know I don't care about, but. It's a huge news, apparently. <laughs> so. You know, um, Oprah is really important for inbound marketing. Yeah. So uh, another news story: China put a ban. So always, always good stories when you say China and the word is ban next yeah. to it. This will be good. But they put a ban. And they're not. They're not. Uh, this isn't the first time they put a large ban on any sort of gaming-related thing. They actually uh, spoilers. They banned consoles like as a whole up until like 2015. <laughs> so. <laughs> Do you want a revolution? Because that's, that's how you how get you, a revolution. Yeah. So trying to put a ban on online gaming for minors outside of 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Friday to Sunday. So they get to play, and and I think I saw this. It's to, it's to fight uh, a child addiction. addiction. Yeah, like a gaming addiction. Uh, that a state-run media outlet described online games as an 
Opium for the mind. <laughs> uh, that just sounds awesome. It's pretty intense, yeah. <laughs> that that just sounds, that makes me want to play more video games. <laughs> but, man, you can't, like, denying a child something is how you get them to rebel. Like, they're going to be like, well, I'm going to do that. And to not let them choose when the three hours a week that they get to play is, like... Well, here's Man. what here's what kills me is it's to fight addiction. Yeah, okay. Gaming online addiction. Yeah, I don't know that the government's job is to deal with that, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, eight to nine. It's three hours a week that a kid can play a video game. And um, these are this is online specific, so the servers okay. that are going to be hosting those kids. So how the are just going to go? Heck, do they know? They're just going to lie about their age. So the enforcement measures uh, issued by the what is it, National Press and Publication Administration primarily target online games and online services. So the I think they're going after the people who are actually hosting those servers and whatnot, I guess. Um, I don't really know what that means, but there is some, in the, uh, the article that we link, there is some talks about facial recognition enforcement. <laughs> um, so... What? Which... If you live in the United States, uh, facial recognition and, and minors, that those are two things that people are going to have some opinions on. So, No kid, but, but they don't. I mean, imagine as a parent putting your kid's face ID in a government system to control how much they play video games. <laughs> I just, I don't, I haven't, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do know that China. in China, it, it is one of the worst places for like child gambling i guess is what you'd call that i don't know like microtransactions kids getting addicted to that type of stuff for for games like loot boxes and whatnot but uh you know what also is cool with loot <laughs> you are a machine are you about to dean came in a second time i am ladies and gentlemen this has never been done That's on this podcast reckless. this it's reckless. reckless so dom hoffman Who's the co-founder oh, of he's Vine? Great. He's great. I didn't actually. I'm know. sorry. What? He's a co-founder of Vine. What's a Vine? Oh, you know that thing that doesn't exist anymore. That was kind of like TikTok, but you know. All right. Well, Tom Hoffman, co-founder of Vine, uh, he was uh, creating a text adventure game, just like you know, for himself, doing something else for funsies. And he needed to write a uh, random item generator, like to fill in, you know, for the game. So, go through things. Boom. Open a chest. Randomly, some stuff could appear. So. He's been a, a proponent of cryptocurrency and blockchain stuff for a long time and ended up thinking, oh, you know, this is a great way to create kind of a blockchain art or community out of this. Ended up posting it um, or creating a randomly generated, you know, uh, NFT thing like loot, he calls it, and posting it and instantly success. Really? <laughs> Huge success right away. Instantly created communities. People who had like found like robes and stuff became like the robe gang and like weird stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Instantly. And basically created a huge um, community just because everything got really expensive. I think he got, what was it? There was 7,000. I know there was 8,000 bags in total. Um, 7,777 of the bags were offered up for minting right away. And instantly they all got taken away. And in five days, loot bags were reselling for $46 million. <laughs> and had a You market said cap, million. Yeah. Market cap, $180 million. Um, and the cheapest loot bag that you could find was 20000 And then that price doubled even more overnight. So there. people are reselling these. Yeah. So what's your, what's your take on this whole NFT thing? Um, uh, his, this, this is cool because it's kind of, you know, it's an art. 
I, I think that's interesting. Um, and I think NFTs are the way currencies go in general. Yeah. But th- I think this is a cool, like, study, you know, figuring out how people are going to use things, what, you know, the social implications are, things like that. How much would it suck, though, to have the NFT for something and then you are one of those guys that just um, refuses to do backups and then your hard drive crashes it's, and you're out $40,000. Yeah, that would suck. Um, I've never had something else break and then my artwork off the wall. I guess you could, yeah. you know, get your house could catch fire or something. I guess it's, <laughs> I guess there is ways to dis- to destroy fungible yeah. items. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this uh, synthetic loot though, I think is really cool. It's it's fun though because it's you know you you get something you mint it or whatever and you get a divine hood or you know leather armor or something like that. So this is just stuff from the game then. Yeah. That you can trade. Yep. And there's a ton of it. Um, he said. I mean, there's 8,000 bags, so, and there's, you know, a That's bunch cool. of stuff in each bag, and I'm, they're all random, so. I'm not going to say that this is dumb, because it's, it's not. I'm just unable to fully comprehend the reasoning behind it, because um, wasn't there wasn't there somebody who, um, using blockchain, um, was some type of YouTube prankster or something, and ended up selling the NFTs of fart noises? That he oh, made really? in videos, yeah. and it went for like six thousand dollars. Yeah, and and all I could say is what? I mean, the people who are buying are the ones making this happen. So those are the people to be. But like, I don't understand why there's demand. Yeah. why is there demand? I guess is, yeah, that's a good way to put it. You're absolutely right in that I love the idea of certain things like artwork. Or what if you had the source code to Doom? Like what if you know video games being developed today? And you could get that, and that's the source code to it, or hmm. you know, it's just something like that. Something where because there is an electronic nostalgia, um, and heck, maybe someday we actually see like an NFT museum or something. Yeah, I, there's there is a guy who um, he 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 has some form of Ethereum something, and then he breaks that down into the code, and then uses that code into a generator that creates actual uh, physically you know viewable art. And it just looks absurd. It's all like abstract and stuff. But hmm. that guy's done well too. So that stuff, I, I mean, I dig that because it's unique art and nobody else can really make and it. It's, it's code, you know. You can yeah. open that in an image file if you, you know, make it <laughs> readable. Right, so. but it, it'll invalidate the blockchain if you edit it in any way, shape, yeah. or form. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. you can. Well, listen, I'm not good at Dean Caymans as you are, oh. so we're just going to have to do the segue the old-fashioned way, which is. <laughs> I'm just going to talk about stuff that was important to me um, because you just sort of decided that this was your show and you're going to take it over. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's that only change, man. It's, it's it just, it just changes that, all of the ra- all of the rage that you, it was, yeah. a, it was a complete 180, And so we did a complete 180, <laughs> right? So waste everyone's time, even reporting. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you know that, um, it, because I didn't, that CISA, which is the cybersecurity infrastructure Something or other. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know right? them actually well. Uh, you, oh, that is true. You actually would know them well. You t- you steal a lot of information yeah, for our marketing for campaign. National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. That they always yeah, sell. yeah. They are behind that. Yeah, they're the. I should know that. People behind that. <laughs> and I, yeah. So anyway, CISA. It's a thing. It's a government agency. Yeah. They kind of focus on cybersecurity, and they mm-hmm. give us posts and, and yeah, information. Reg- yeah. Yep. So, and and. The other thing they do is they give us warnings um, about 
attacks that they're seeing. Mm-hmm. I thought this was pretty interesting. What I didn't know they were doing is they've begun to compile a list of bad practices. Oh. Yeah, I thought this, I think this is great. Um, that is good. That's That allows this you to is be stuff like, that what you am I? Yeah, absolutely I? should not be doing nice. is, is this. And so um, they just started it back in June, but what crossed my radar is they added something to the list. Really. The list consists of... <laughs> Probably obvious things. I mean, the list can, and and it's all stuff that we always talk about. Yeah. Yeah. But the list consists of only three things currently. Um, The first one is don't use unsupported software. So, um, you know, no Windows XP, no Office 2003. I mean, Windows 7 now. Windows 7 now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And even certain versions of Windows 10 are starting to phase out. Oh, yeah. They they went in, they they published this and then I think the second thing that they have is um, uh, default credentials like don't use known published passwords or yeah, yeah. you know admin password one, two, right three. right right just don't do that that's yeah. not right well they added something to it to the list of bad practices so they had two originally <laughs> I guess it's a growing list but <laughs> you know well it's so they're crowdsourcing it and the idea is that. You have your best practices, which are the things you should be shooting for. Mm-hmm. And they want, what they wanted to say is, look, anything you do is better, but you should not be doing these things. Yeah. These and the so um, their goal is to not have this list of security recommendations, but really to say, don't be doing this, period. Mm-hmm. And so obviously unsupported software, that's a big one. You know, don't do that. They're not, yep. Yep. They're not updating that software anymore. Any security vulnerabilities won't exist. You know, yeah, yeah. Default passwords really just compromise you because if you're using the out-of-the-box password, everybody knows what that is. Yeah. That's published online. Everybody, you know, sometimes Open I'm like, oh, what manual. is this? Yeah. Yep. Get out Google in. the user man, man you know, uh, YouTube, uh, or not YouTube, but go to the website, go to their support site, and it's going to show it right in the PDF file of the manual. Man, I bet you there's a, uh, a YouTube channel that just goes through user manuals of, like, routers and stuff. <laughs> You just ruined, at the end of the show, I was going to talk about my new YouTube channel, <laughs> which was... You just uh, read user manuals for, like, routers. Yep. My, my, new po- my, my new podcast is going to be, like, Audible, but for manuals. Um, and I'm going to call it RTFM. If you, if you, so you know those mics that are designed in the shape of a head so that the ears are properly configured so that it, uh, they can actually use it for ASMR? No, I've never heard. Oh of man, they, yeah. There's a mic that's shaped like a head. It's got two, two, you know, left and right, and it's in the shape of ears and whatnot. And it's perfect for recording that type of stuff. You could easily make that a channel. That's just. I'm gonna read this manual. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it right now. So you know, the final thing that they added to this list of two um, is don't use single factor. So like the first, the first two are kind of like dumb. Like yeah, this is pretty obvious stuff. That third one, I think, is, People is kind still of... still use single factor for most things. For a lot of things. Yeah. For a lot of things. So I'm really excited to see that one hit the list because so many things are single factor. Oh, yeah. And and a lot of people use the same password for everything, too. So if you're using single factor and the same password for everything... You're in trouble. You're in trouble for everything. Because right? if it gets compromised here, yeah. it's compromised here. Um, so I thought that was really cool, and I love to see this this um, this list as it evolves. It's actually being crowdsourced by the community. Nice. Um, and so CISA yeah, is actually, yeah, you saw that. CISA is actually using GitHub to interact with um, uh, the community to say, look, 
we know what the best practice, what are the worst things that you can do? And they're kind of sorting through these lists. And as people say, oh, no, you really should not be doing that. Mm -hmm. Like that is. I'm excited for it to get a little bit more fleshed out then. Yeah. Yeah. But the three items that are there, I think, are really solid. But I thought this this final one, adding single factor authentication is big. Mm -hmm. Because if you have a list of three things that you can do to drastically improve your security posture, it's right there. Yeah. We're I not mean, even talking about antivirus. <laughs> We're not even talking about, you know, all of the other things or training or anything like that. These are the three things you can do that, that if you're doing, you are asking for trouble. And to see single factor authentication yeah. make that list, um, it just tells you how powerful multi-factor is. The stat is still, it's like 99.9% .9 effective to have two-factor enabled. It's They effectively need to steal your phone. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, you'd have you have to have, can, it's a physical security thing at that point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And physical security is, you know, kind of a, a easier thing. It's a little bit more James Bond to think about. So people really uh, do kind of cling on to that. Like, oh, okay. They, they, stealing my phone, there's no way they're going to do that. Right. Yeah. But they will. But they and, will. And they'll do it any way they can because you're worth a few pennies. Mm -hmm. Your personal data, if they sell your credit card, it's what? A tenth of a cent or something like that. You yeah. know, it's it doesn't cost hardly anything to get mm -hmm. credit card numbers. Um, what I also think is interesting along this, just to sort of change gears a little bit, is that we're seeing all of these internet connected devices, or what we call Internet of Things. Mm -hmm. They're really in s small, lightweight devices that are internet connected. Garage door openers, your, your garage, thermostat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, those are great <laughs> ones too. Um, you know. I, I had a Wi-Fi. I still do. I have a Wi-Fi crockpot. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a Wi-Fi air conditioner, I guess. So, yeah, it's no different. It's, right. Yeah. So, like, you can control it. Yeah, we actually have one in here yeah. for one of our our rooms that's not mm -hmm. quite as well controlled. as Light bulbs, I guess. probably the Light bulbs, the smart one. light bulbs, all of that stuff, anything. Mm -hmm. Well, it's no surprise your Echoes and, and, and HomePods and everything. Yep. So it's no surprise that what we're reading and hearing is um, a tremendous uptick in the past six months of attacks against those devices and oh, their yeah. services. Yeah. So it really does go to show you, you know, these things are great, but let's let's not forget that these are devices that are internet connected, mm -hmm. and that in the back end you are sharing data that you can't get back. I, I don't have, for me, I don't have an Echo. I think the devices are great, but I feel like I don't get to tangibly control what data is being harvested. Yeah. So if that device becomes compromised in any way, shape, or form, now all of a sudden Everything I've invited yeah. that it's an compromise. Open door. Now you have all your computers on the network that are vulnerable. Everything's yeah. dangerous. Yeah, you know, if I leave the car running, and the door's unlocked. Yes. Somebody's going to probably Can't steal it. Can't be surprised it. someone's going to steal it. <laughs> so, so to me, I always, I always hesitate. I love the concept of internet connected devices. I really do. But uh, this just proves that we have to be on the mindset of security everywhere. We have to be thinking of security to the extent that most people think of security as being physical security, building security. With these IoT devices, if you had a camera system, people could tell if they oh, got yeah. hacked. They'd be able to tell if you were home. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Might even be able to tell what your alarm code is if you have it shooting down that way. You yeah. know? So kind of scary. And really, what's to stop that from being, hey, Alexa, why don't you listen in on my conversation? You know. <laughs> but honestly, physical security is just as important. It really is. 
got to lock your stuff up, man. And, there, there's and some weird stuff going on. Make sure you're using secure passwords. <clears throat> yeah. Gosh, I can't believe we're going to butt right up to this, but use multi-factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to also say it, not that it's a surefire way of making sure, but purchase your Internet of Things devices from reputable companies. Oh, yeah. Um, if, if you're purchasing from, and it was three, if you're, you know, your Wi-Fi lighting kit was $3, just assume that it can probably be compromised. Yeah. What's your extent of damage if it does this? I don't know. Um, but it could very well be one of those things where somebody could hack it, figure out a way to over-voltage and explode the bulb, and you're underneath it, you get shards of glass, whatever. <laughs> I know that seems a bit extreme, but you're inviting those things. Whereas if you have a company that's a bit more established, they're going to have a little bit more fear mm. to make sure security's there. Doesn't always mean that that, you know, security is uh, honestly at this point, security is um, one of those things where you just do your best uh, because even your best, somebody's trying to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that can be hard to understand. Well, so if I have like backups and stuff on my network, I should probably still keep them off of my, network somehow it is smart like an um, air gap or something right yeah you could do that you could air gap your network which honestly there's a lot of systems that are air gapped and f- for those that don't quite understand what that is air gapped simply means that you have a computer network that is separated pretty well physically from um a larger network yeah, um totally safe right no one can really nobody can really do it uh except uh, well, at least that's what we thought um but as it turns out, maybe you can. The craziest way, too. I never would have expected something like this. What I, okay, so what if you could turn your RAM into a low-budget Wi-Fi card? So the memory module on your computer, how would that even possibly communicate outside of itself, Wi-Fi? Well, so as it turns out, the clock speed of memory mm-hmm. at 2400 megahertz okay. can be exploited so that you can use those clock speeds to actually vary the sort of electromagnetic uh, uh, the impulses. Signals, yeah. mm-hmm. What also exists at 2400 megahertz 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi equates <laughs> to 2.4 gigahertz, which is a very common specification for wireless. So here you have this device that its internal speed is 2,400 megahertz, but that's putting off signals, RF interference, at the same rate as our Wi-Fi. Hmm. Part of the reason why we really like saying you should consider going to 5 gigahertz, you're you're starting to get above and over that that interference level, (laughs) right? Things like microwaves and stuff don't affect it. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's... But what a researcher has discovered is that, hey, what I can do is that since a RAM module using this 2400 megahertz memory can operate in this, if I can get it and I can basically pass data in and out of those registers to get it to generate that electromagnetic field, Mm -hmm. I can actually emulate Wi-Fi radio. Wow. This blows my friggin' mind. Because now what you've got 
is you've got a device that does not, because we said air-gapped, which typically means that this network does not talk to any other network, mm -hmm. now has a rudimentary Wi-Fi card in it. Yeah, because most people, when they have an air-gapped network, they will not have a Wi-Fi card in there on purpose. Correct. There's not going to be any type of network device. Yeah. You don't want it to be seen. Um, you That's know, the whole point. Yeah. So you they may be internetworked together as if it's a if it's an air gapped cluster. Mm -hmm. However, long and short, you know, it might just be one computer. And so with another device, you can pick up on and it's Wi Fi, so it's two point four. So if you can emulate that signal, then you can do an ad hoc network to another computer and get it to transmit devices Man. through the RAM module. What <laughs> are we? Is there, what are we doing here? What do we even care? I know. So I read. I read it was uh, as as low as a hundred bits per second, but that's still enough to really just infect a, a a network somehow. I mean that. I mean, and that is a useless amount of data transmission. A hundred. It's small, but like. You know, give it, it some time, throw it in a little network. However, it could be enough to, if with, yeah, exactly, over the course of a couple, because I think that at that max speed, it would take you a day to do one meg. Yeah. And you're not going to pull down, you're not going to completely extort an entire company. But it's entirely possible that you could get some critical information as to what's on those machines. Yeah, I mean, that could be enough to install a keylogger on a, on a server, and then yeah. now you've yep. got everything. So... <laughs> the the other piece that so that's not incredible but it's still something mm -hmm. because again let's remember your memory is not designed it's just a temporary location for data so that the computer can recall it faster yeah, right yeah. yeah um it's not designed for data transmission to another device mm -hmm. so that's a pretty impressive bit transfer and it's uh what like six to, feet or something or? it's up to 70 inches so, yeah, so you've got this, this, that's still pretty decent. If you were to able to infiltrate that and oh, get yeah. a listening device on the other end that could then output that data out, you've completely mitigated this whole air-gapped system. Yeah. It's easier said than done because obviously the computer that's air-gapped needs to be infected with this system. However, we've kind of proven recently with semiconductor shortage, just how fragile the supply chain is. Yeah. So imagine that you had a nation or a state-sponsored attack. They could embed this memory piece in there, and you could potentially have that. Um, way back in the day, Lenovo was in trouble because they had some type of monitoring software engaged in the BIOS, right, um, that they were forced to install. It really ruined their reputation for a while. So like a reseller of RAM modules could, they could have some shady stuff on there. And then, because, well, we talked yeah. about how crazy sometimes the Chinese government is. Yeah. They could be, as a, for instance, pushed into installing just a bunch of into computers, <laughs> the ability to do this. And as long as you had some type of trigger yeah. to initiate it, now those RAM banks can be used as. As long as you're selling ECC, you know, it'll go to a <laughs> place with uh, <laughs> some money. So it's, it's, it's very odd. It's very odd. And it does take a lot of work to initiate that. You'd have to have it embedded in the system. So you're not completely in the clear. The other thing is is that you could just say, look, there's no BYOD and have some type of Faraday caging so that there's no Wi-Fi that can penetrate in or out kind yeah. of thing. 
And then they also said there's there's things like Wi-Fi jammers. So there's tremendous number of things that could be used to mitigate the risk. It's the fact that it is possible and that somebody's done it blows your mind because I can guarantee you when you're creating an air gap network, you're not thinking about your RAM being a Wi-Fi card. Yeah, no. <laughs> what about the gift card gang? Uh, so Krebson uh, Security did some research and found um, a footprint of gift card gang. So this is a, a gang who operates. This is like, this to me, I'm picturing a motorcycle gang, but they're all wearing like suits. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're an interesting little cybercrime group. They, they operate low and slow. So not doing any sort of high, you know, risk, I guess, attacks or anything, but they're also not getting like high value items in return. Uh-huh. But they do it at such a level and they automate it to where they can basically compromise 100,000 email inboxes per day in search of loyalty programs and things like that and just scrape for any sort of gift cards or, you know, like 10 bucks off this, coupons, whatever, and just sell it. <laughs> super easy, super clean, just kind of in and out. And they pretty much gain access to those email addresses and just don't do anything else with them. They just get in, get out. So nobody's really going to know. You're yep. not actually going for high dollar things. Low and slow, man. <laughs> but here you are. You're getting a couple bucks. But here's, like you said, yep. they're really looking at the marathon, not a sprint. And they it's, are doing, I mean, if you're doing 100,000 email accounts per day, you are finding stuff for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, you get an Amazon gift card gifted to you or whatever. It, you got access, boom. Now you have a whole bunch more money. And this is all automated, so who knows how many people are actually part of this gang, whether or not it's a person or multiple. Who knows how much money they're making. But, yeah, the the footprint was found. And um, I'm going to guess they didn't get to name themselves. It's, uh, it's my guess. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> that's a bummer for them because yeah. I think they'll regret that name, but that's all right. That's a fun little name, though. I think it's, I think it's good. Yeah. Um, they are doing uh, Gmail and Office 365 specifically at the moment, I think. Well, so. you've got pretty much everybody covered at that point. Yeah, that's the majority, yeah. yeah so, Interesting little uh, little gang. <laughs> All right, well, if you are a member of the gift card gang, we'd love to... Reach uh, on out. Yeah, reach on out. <laughs> we'd love to chat with you. It's it's honestly fascinating. I, I respect that as a cybercrime type of thing. You're taking your time. You're not really messing people up. You might be costing them a gift card here and there, but they probably are like, oh... I just got a bad thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're stealing, like, Hilton Honors points and, like, stuff like that. You know, travel points, hotel points, things like that as well. But, you know. Yeah. Still still less. You'd still have to go to a Hilton. Yeah. More ethical <laughs> than shutting down a whole pipeline, so. <laughs> yeah. that's, where we're, that's where we're at. Because we've had a conversation today where we've talked about, um, you know, toasters listening to you and yeah. what have you. You're like, you know what? These guys are, these guys can... They're okay. We'll let them go ahead and continue doing this thing because they're really just scraping my Hilton Honors points. Yeah, it's all right, whatever. Yeah. Take my target. Yeah, that's right. Or whatever. Reward zone certificate. Yeah. You know what? I've last I've let the last five of those expire. So go ahead. You get your two dollars for it. You deserve it. So, <laughs> they gotta be just pulling in money though if they're doing a hundred thousand emails a day. Yeah. Inboxes. Yeah, inboxes, yeah, yeah. In, 100,000 email inboxes. Yeah. But so again, that's probably many, people who are using uh, pretty easy to <laughs> find passwords. So We'll guarantee that, yep. yeah. Well, excellent. 
this was a fun, action-packed day, I think. And uh, we only had to apologize once because we got it wrong two weeks ago. Mm. Well, I mean, we didn't get it wrong when we recorded it, but... No, but we so thought we had it right. It's true. It's true. We waited. We tried. We did everything we could. We let them down, Griff. But yeah. you know what? We appreciate that they're still out there. Um, we'll right. we'll set both of them down today yeah. after lunch. I don't know how much of our uh, fan base is truly a fan of OnlyFans. Most of only fans the are. only the only the only the subreddit. Yeah, only the subreddit. Yeah, which is predominantly big ass fans. I love those so, fans. Yeah, they're sweet. Those fans are sweet. They got I didn't like realize how widespread they were. I, I was, was in the Dominican Republic. I, I was just going to tell you when you went through customs, yeah. right? It's crazy. Yeah. I looked up. I felt like I was home. Man. Well, fantastic. Um, we've all survived another edition of the Lighthouse IT Solutions Podcast. I've been Matt, sitting here with Griff. If you have any questions about anything uh, about today's show, Griff's really good about he'll have a an associated blog post that'll be sitting there. And inside that blog post, you have links to all the resources that we use to cobble together today's show. Bonus commentary, obviously not included in all of that. So you do want to keep listening. But no, it's, it's you know, if you missed out on last week's podcast and you want to say, look, let's see what they were talking about. Check that one out. Those are always on that blog. You can go lighthouse.sol.com slash podcast. That'll filter it all out so you can take a look at all of those other podcasts. But trust me, you're going to want to go back because Griffin and his team put a whole bunch of good stuff up there. We're always trying to keep everybody up to date and informed. And um, there's news that fits in there that we don't share in here because we assume you're following us. You know, where's the boring? You know, it's boring outside of that. Yeah. Uh, if you have any questions, there's spots in there that you can get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you, answer any questions that you have. And then, of course, coming up very soon, we're getting ready to kick off National Cybersecurity Awareness Month here in October. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have some fantastic fun then. All right. With that, um, Griff, you got anything else you want to chat about? That's it. Have another great week. We'll catch you next time on the Lighthouse IT Solutions Podcast.